What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Den Avengers Part Four. Is this Four? NBA Four. Finals? Four. Is this the <laughs> NBA Finals edition? Yo, y'all, welcome back to the party. Uh, this has been a crazy, crazy playoff so far, and I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Uh, I definitely thought that we could be here, but the fact that we are here and the Denver Nuggets are getting ready to play in the NBA Finals first in franchise history. Yeah, this is a big deal. And I think that the Denver Nuggets community, I think that everybody a part of the Nuggets culture, Nuggets community at large, everybody's really ready and amped up for this. So I'm really excited. Matt, brother, how you doing today, man? How you feeling? I'm good, man. It's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm really excited for the city of Denver for this opportunity. I'm really excited for Nuggets fans. You get to see the, the finals in that beautiful font, in the signage, in the arena. You get to see your arena on ABC, Mike Breen, bang, the whole thing, the stage, the biggest stage in basketball this week is in Denver, Colorado. I think that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Adam, how you feeling, man? I know obviously Adam and Ryan, you know, lifelong Denver residents, but how are you feeling, Adam? And I'm feeling great. I mean, I'm optimistic. I'm encouraged. I'm excited. Personally, professionally, all of those different things. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to get this thing started. Facts. What about you, Ron? How you feeling, brother? I'm pumped. Uh, was at the arena today and then got to go see the the finals logos on, on all of the stuff in, in the arena. It, it does feel like it's gotten real very, very fast. Like, uh, we're, we're in that purgatory for, for just a little bit there. But when Miami won – and you knew that Denver was going to host. There was just kind of a different feel that that kind of went through the building, right. the city, the team. I think like everybody's now. I think I think they're ready to go, and I'm just I'm really excited to see where it goes. So y'all, obviously y'all know I'm not in the city right now. I'm still stuck in Atlanta. Um, have you felt the city energy? Like, do you feel like the excitement while you're in town? Like, is there anything different out of Run or Matt? Um, I think you see a lot more Nuggets gear for sure. Um, and it just comes up in conversation. And then the biggest thing you see, man, is all the media. Like there's a lot of people that are like, oh, wow, this is a big story, isn't it? Like, you know, it, it's kind of taken over there. So I would say absolutely. Yes. You feel the energy, you feel it. But um, it's more just in like seeing people in Nuggets gear and, and the conversations you get into. Thursday will be when it when it hits a, a, the peak. Like it will be down on 16th Street, down, like downtown at the arena, like that's when you will really start like the, the city will, will kind of I think ramp up in anticipation of game one. And like, Ooh. honestly, like this is what's crazy is there's been all these big games for the franchises, but like, this is the biggest basketball game in Denver ever, ever <laughs> the biggest basketball game in the city of Denver ever. So yeah. that's going to be, I think it's gonna be really cool uh, to see on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the city, you know, uh, the Nuggets put out a video today showing the jerseys, putting the NBA Finals logo on the back of the jersey. And I just thought that was crazy because you know, I've seen all the greats, you know, whether it be Jordan, Tim Duncan, LeBron James, everybody. You see them wear that logo on their jerseys. And for the fact that you're going to see Nikola Jokic and Jabal Murray and Mike and AG and KCP and Bruce and Jeff and Christian wearing that on the back of their jersey, man, I just think it's incredible. And uh, I agree. You know, it's just one of those feelings like, even, even, you know, the NBA, by the way, y'all, I don't know if y'all check YouTube a lot, but I'm on YouTube all the time, obviously. And they have our highlights for Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray when they're rookies. 
because they're trying to like build up this idea that they have been like building up to this moment. And the NBA, it seems like they're trying to advertise the Nuggets uh, much more than they have previously. No, they definitely have. Like, there, there's no doubt about it. You see it in all of the content. I, I know that larger outlets like ESPN are trying to play catch up, and but I think they've done a good job in terms of like putting out a lot of impressive Denver content and putting out a lot of interesting stories. And I, I thought the Nicole Jokic body transformation story that that Ramona Shelburne had on there was was really interesting, and it, it tells a different story about mm-hmm. how how a player like that isn't the like he's he's not the chubby white Serbian kid that he was back in the day, and part of that will always live in him. But he, he's grown into this like super soldier of a of a center, and like there, there's a lot that I think the stories are 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 getting really compelling. It's just really really interesting on, on what what what's ultimately going to happen for an, an amazing finals run for Denver. Right. I agree. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I'm glad that I have the fellas here with me as we get ready to talk about yet another series and do our series prediction. Um, and I want to hear all these spicy takes that we have at the end of it as well. Um, but let's y'all, let's start off with the Lakers series. You know, we actually haven't talked since the Denver Nuggets. I don't know. What was it? Uh, six months ago when they beat the Lakers. Um, whenever that series ended, what are y'all's takeaway from the series? Like, what did you learn? Uh, did you have any big moments that stood out to you initially after looking at that series? Anthony Davis is water. <laughs> water. And Nikola Jokic waded through him as if he wasn't even there. Get it's out. Wild. Get out. Get out. Get out of the big, at the top big man conversation. You're gone. It's out. Not well, honestly, I mean, Matt, you're joking, but or you're not really joking, but it is in all seriousness, there is no best big conversation anymore. And that's one of the funnier things that's happened right. on this, that regardless of what happens in the finals, the, the, nobody's talking about that anymore. No, nobody's throwing names out. It's like, all right, there's a guy and then there's another tier and let's argue about the other tier. But the, the guy is up here. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. I think the other thing is just. Uh, OK, so they come home in game five versus the Wolves, and they actually trailed in that game, right? Like, they had to come from behind at home in Game 5 versus the Wolves. Um, They go into Game 5 at home versus the Suns. They take care of business, which, you know, we expected them to do. Then they go into Phoenix, and they just jump up and down their heads. Like, just stomped them in Game game 6. And we're like, okay, all right. Like, that's a pretty impressive focused-in, locked-in win. And then for them to come out in Game 4, down 15, and be like, nope, nope. You're not letting us out of here. You're not letting us out of here. You're not getting out of here. You are. We're not in here with you. You're in here with us. And mm-hmm. to just absolutely erase that lead and finish them that way. I had questions about this team's like for years, this team has been a team that like screws around a little bit. Like they just have a pension to screw around. This team is all fucking business. And that's how they've approached the playoffs. And that's why they're in the finals. And it gives them a great chance because they're coming in rested and they're coming in locked in and they're coming in with a game plan and preparation. And the Heat are coming off of a seven game series that wound up being really pretty brutal for them by the end of it with the injuries and fatigue. And they got two days to prepare for the best offense of the playoffs. So like Denver, to me, that series showed me that Denver is, this is another level of locked in. This is a different team than we've seen. This team has a different championship DNA. And they're ready to acquire the prize. Also, just in general, I, I think 
Jokic has been fantastic in these playoffs. There's there's never going to be anything to take away from him on this. Like he's just been he's been unbelievable. But what the rest of the roster, the rest of the rotation has done, stepping up around him and filling in every single gap that they've needed to to make this a perfect run, as opposed to a a, a very flawed run where where they where Denver had to struggle at various points. Denver never really does. And and one of the reasons for that is like Jeff Green's minutes are fine. Christian Brown's minutes are fine. Like Bruce Brown is carrying in, in a lot of these, like just, just a, another level in terms of what he's reached and, and what he reached in LA and like Michael Porter and Jamal Murray. And, but like, I mean, you could, you could list off every single one of these guys and, and how they've stepped up in, in these different spots Jamal very well. And we, we kind of laughed about it on the last Avengers could have won final, like we could have won Western conference championship MVP over, over Joker. And I don't think anybody would have like seriously questioned it with 32 points per game, but like there's a lot of players stepping up in these moments that we didn't know if that was actually going to happen. We didn't know if they were going to be fully ready for it. We thought they were, we thought that Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon and KCP and guys like that would be able to step up at that point. And they have, and then some, and that's, that's been my biggest takeaway. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, the Nuggets getting a, a sweep. I love that. It was a storyline. I love that guys like us, first of all, we get to tell all the little stories because to me, that's what makes sports so interesting. Like that really makes it rewarding is that we get all of these little tiny details and things. So when the Nuggets sweep, it's not just that they won the series. It's that it was the first sweep in franchise history and you missed out on it round one and it gave you something to look at, but it was also meaningful because that series was close, but Denver being able to pull out four close games the way that they did, all of which had a different personality and a different rhythm to them, to be able to pull out every single one of them and end a series that featured LeBron James in four games, it's truly remarkable. And to me, the layoff and all that stuff, you know, you know, we'll, we'll find out, you know, how much that factors into all of this and if they look rusty or what have you. But their ceiling, their ability to make such light work of LeBron James, forget the rest of the roster, forget all that. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, it's unbelievable. This team really, I think, reached their peak to date in the conference finals. I think that was the best basketball they played of the year. And lastly, their offense has yet to be bothered in a way that matters. I think Minnesota bothered them, but they rose above the bothering to be able to put out the same output, meaning it was harder, but the results were the same. And I think with the, the Lakers, similar. They presented challenges. The result was the exact same offensively. And I think – if Denver completes this and wins the next, this, this last one, I think we're going to look back at this and say Denver was great defensively. Denver did some things. They play as a team. But they won this with an offense that couldn't be bothered by anyone. I, 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 we're three out of four series through, and that's the story so far. Right. There's, a, there's a chance, by the way, that this offense goes down as the greatest in history. No, no, there's not. No? Goes down – Means that like people no 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 and Harold it will it will wrap up it will finish it will become the greatest offense in NBA history <laughs> and that to me is that that's such a a wild step from like even like we thought the offense could be great I remember talking about this with Matt before the season about we the offense might be really freaking good. There were holes in it during the regular season that they've closed up in the playoffs a little bit, but everything has just been so pristine. And like it's it's been 
uh, just it's it's a, such a crazy experience to to watch in person and to be able to really enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I, only offenses I'm thinking of is maybe one of those uh, Magic teams from the '80s, especially in the uh, late '80s. Um, and then obviously you had the Golden State Warriors, you know. But again, Kevin Durant's on the roster, so how good is the offensive use? Have two of the greatest pull-up shooters ever. Um, so yeah, I mean, for sure, there definitely could be an argument for it. I think the fact that the Nuggets doing this versus the Lakers is, is significant. I think that Adam talked about. You know, the Nuggets had never beaten the Lakers in a series, and they were zero in. Three, 80, 85, 2009, and 2020. Um, 85, 2009, and 2020 uh, in terms of the conference final versus the Lakers had never won any of those matchups, and they were able to dispatch them in four. And again, you know, for the narrative, doing it versus LeBron James, that's going to stand the test of time that LeBron James uh, at some point in time in his career was swept by three different teams. And Matt Moore, the historian, do you remember who those three teams that have swept LeBron James are? Uh, let's see. The it's San Antonio easy. Spurs. 2007. Mm-hmm. The Warriors had to have done it once, right? Yep. Okay. 2018, right? Yep. yep. That's the 2018 finals. And then this yeah. one. Yep. Yep. And, and you know what those you know what those series features? Uh, three of the top ten players of all time. But we'll move on from that for a later date. So... <laughs> Here. All right. Y'all, so initial thoughts. The Miami Heat, they made it in five in the first round over the Milwaukee Bucks. Jimmy Butler, 56-point master class, absolutely shuts out the Milwaukee Bucks. Made tip-in shots off of out-of-bounds play, spectacular play. They then played versus the New York Knicks, led by the vaunted duo of Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. And then they get them out in six, and then they move on to the Boston Celtics, and they get them done in seven, going up 3-0, losing three straight, closing out Jason Tatum, albeit with an ankle injury, and Jalen Brown with eight turnovers in a game seven because he hasn't figured out how to dribble the ball in traffic yet. And here the Miami Heat go. They dispatched it to the number one seed, they dispatched it to the number two seed, and they dispatched it to the number five seed in the Eastern Conference. Y'all, what are your initial thoughts on the Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, Led Miami Heat. Ryan uh, or Adam. That works too. Um, so for me, the playoffs to me are all about how versatile are you on both ends of the floor? How many problems can you solve? And how many and is there a team that can solve you? And I think Miami, one of the stories for them, because I don't know that they're necessarily a great team in terms of like they have one thing they do that is so overwhelming. But I think that they can solve a lot of problems. A great coach and a versatile cast of characters. In particular, they're two stars who are so versatile defensively. And so far, they've been able to mold themselves into what they've needed to be to answer every question. Albeit, one of them, by the skin of their teeth, you know, they barely got by. But nonetheless, they are a team that has proven to be able to find answers through their versatility to throw all these different things. So for me, the series, in a lot of ways, comes down to the framing of do they have an answer for Denver and are they going to be able to like provide enough points to like cause Denver a problem that they Denver's defense has been able to solve things just enough to make their offense shine. Can, can Miami kind of tilt both of those things in their favor? Um, And the the versatility part, again, I don't think they're as good of a defense as some of the teams Denver has set has, has faced or, or saw in the regular season, but they might be more versatile and they might be able to adjust themselves to, 
create some problems or slow Denver just enough to give themselves a chance. Yeah, one of the things you probably have to think about with this is I'm always going to think about the defensive end for Denver. Uh, just I know that Denver's going to score. I, I have I have the utmost confidence that they're going to score, that they're going to find a way that Jokic, Murray, everybody else will find a way. Uh, what I what I have been pleasantly surprised about, thought that it could happen, but been pleasantly surprised about throughout these playoffs is the amount of answers, as Adam says, that Denver's been able to find on the defensive end for different styles of teams, for different types of games. And it's one of the reasons why I think Nuggets fans were pretty excited about Boston not being the team that they're facing and that they're instead facing Miami. Even though Boston like is very liable to make mistakes as they proved in game seven, uh, they're a team that just jacks up threes, just absolutely like lights it up from, from the outside. Whether whether they're actually going to make them or not remains to be seen. Miami's not really that. And that, to me, gives some confidence that Denver can capably guard Miami a little bit. Whether it's going to look like the Lakers matchup where they're able to find, uh, like where, where the Lakers were able to find some different offense that, that was kind of surprising. Adam, I think you're, you're very prescient on that one in the last Avengers. Uh, or if it's closer to the T-Wolves, where they actually struggle sometimes, despite the fact that they had they had some interesting points that they couldn't really get to because Denver prevented from them from getting to these points. I think that the Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo pick and roll is going to be interesting. The off-ball actions where Bam screens for a DHO on the other side of the court, that's going to be interesting. And, and if Denver is able to solve either of those two things, then I think Denver's margin of error gets a whole lot wider. Uh, I approach everything from a probabilistic standpoint. So it's why um, I'm always talking about the other side of these equations. Cause I'm like, well, there is like this X percentage chance of, you know, this other thing happening. The heater in serious fucking trouble. <laughs> Matt is too spicy. Here's the thing is Matt's the one guy who's not a Nuggets fan, but he is ready to get us all on the screen clipped. And, and shared across the the internet for his spiciness. <laughs> uh, look, they're in serious trouble. Bam can't guard Jokic. Bam, I, I've said this before. I said this on Locked On. I think Bam's the best defender in the NBA. You don't have to agree with that. Like, there's lots of answers to that question. Who's the best defender in the NBA? Me personally, I think he's the best defender in the NBA. Can't do anything with Nicola. Again, Nicola just moved through AD like water, and Bam's smaller. What? There's no good option here. And the thing is that Spo knows it. And there's this idea of like, well, he's got to figure it out. He figured it out versus Giannis, and he figured it out versus versus the Celtics. And I'm like, those teams are way easier to solve if you have the right personnel and you have the right approach, and you shoot 45% from three, you can absolutely solve these problems. One of the things here is like, if you say like, well, back in the Heat win, is there any way the Heat can win? Sure. If Caleb Martin keeps shooting 50% from three, Denver's going to be in some trouble. If Gabe Vincent keeps shooting 45% from three, Denver's going to be in some trouble. But you know what? They can win anyway because, like Adam's talking about, the offensive bar is so high. The highest offensive rating that the Miami Heat have allowed and won the game in this postseason is 119.6. The Nuggets' average offensive rating in the NBA playoffs is 119.7. They literally have a higher average rate than the highest rate that the, the Heat have allowed. Now, 
can the heat slow them down? What are, what are the mechanisms that you do? And this is one of the things that we talk about. We talk about coaching. There are like Spo is amazing. He is incredible. He's the best coach in the NBA. Absolutely there. But when we talk about it, the conversation, when we talk about great coaching, here's what that actually means. He switches, he plays young guys, and he throws zone at them. That's really what people oh, are talking no. about. Are you, are we, is this an anti-Spo take? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, no. hold on It's a actually second. an anti-Nick Nurse take. Mm. <laughs> Best of luck to you, sir, by the way. I can't wait for the zone defense that Embiid's going to have to play there. It's going to be right. great. So anyway, can, we're going to throw a zone at him. Okay, Denver is <laughs> the number one offense in absolutely shredding zone. The Heat in game seven switched on more pick and rolls than they ever have. They waited until the perfect moment and switched versus the Boston. You can't do it versus Jokic. He obliterates you in like 17 different ways. And Jamal Murray, by the way, and Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon. I've spent the last day like praising Miami and talking about all the ways that they can win. They're, They're like, if you told me, I need you to make the case for Miami, I can do it. I believe that you should have like respect for the opponent. Like both teams made the finals. Absolutely. This is still an eight seed. This is still an eight seed versus the number one team in the in in the playoffs with the best margin for victory, with home court where they are undefeated. And by the way, Adam kind of brought it up. The whole like, is it rest? Is it rust? Is it rest? Is it rust? Here are the stats. When you are at home and you have more time off before your opponent in game one of the finals, you're seven and two. When you're on the road. And you've had more rest than your opponent, you're one and eight. Guess what? The better team wins game one. It's not rest. It's not rust. It's just who's the better team. The Nuggets are the better team. They're going to win game one. Whoever wins game one of the finals, the odds go up way, way up for them to win the, win the series. This is a great matchup for Denver. I think there's a lot of teams. Miami might have had a real chance versus some other opponents. They have a chance here. Again, if Caleb Martin continues to shoot 50% for three. But Denver is in a position here to control this this series and keep it on script, which they've done throughout the playoffs. Real, real quick, Swipe, uh, because I know we're going to get into a lot of the specifics. Right now we're starting big picture, right? And then we're going to get into some more of the specific battlegrounds. But one big picture thing I think is important for this one, I also think the playoffs whittle you down and eventually reveal like – the truth of you as, as a core of a team. And sometimes that you come up short Denver right now has not been whittled down to that. Nobody has forced them to peel off all the layers and see what's truly, what they're truly made of. They just haven't been pushed. They haven't trailed in a series yet. Miami is the one team that I think that when you whittle them down and expose what they are, they're still winners. Like you're not going to break them. You're not going to like, Oh, there it is. There's the weakness. And it's the damning thing. And that's it. It might be talent. It might be matchups. It might be this or that. But Denver is not going to expose Miami for some like existential flaw in the ways that I I personally believe they were from Phoenix, they were from the from the Lakers, and from a talent standpoint, they were from Minnesota. All of those teams, I think, flaws became naked and bare by the end of that series. And I just think if you beat Miami, it's going to be because you outplay them, not because you like expose some truth that was hidden. Well, I want to I want to ask you I want to ask you, Adam, how talented do you think? Not not team performance. I get what you're saying in terms of how the team, because we talked about this on, on today's show, right? About like the Heat's level of execution being the best the Nuggets have faced, which I agree with you. But I'm talking about personnel. How talented is this team relative to the other teams that Denver has faced in the playoffs? 
How talented are they? Yeah. Defensively, I think very. Offensively, I mean, they're, yeah, their talent is their connectedness. They're like Denver. I think they play very, very well together getting connected, and it, and it makes the talent – it augments the individual talents. He's trying to hide the fact that the answer is not very. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, that's okay. They're less individually talented than, say, the Phoenix Suns, but they're a better team. And they're a better matters. team than the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I totally agree. But the but when you say that they're not going to be able to expose it, I think it is difficult. For, I think it is difficult for you to get through the whole playoffs and to a championship when you don't have the most talented team in any of the series that you. Well, I'm sorry, three of the four series that you played, they did play the Knicks. Right. So. Easy well, to be fair, didn't Julius Randle make an All NBA team though? That's <laughs> why I can't believe the victory lap swipers are going to take if, if the Nuggets get four more wins. Oh it's going to be glorious. Uh, Jamal Murray's well, whole summer. Murray's never <laughs> missing another All Star game under my watch. Watch, guys. Like it's just never happening. Hey, it's they get through great. this. I mean, I know that's one of the things. They get through the series with a win, and I, I agree with you. Murray's making an All Star game next year. I would put $1,000 on it. <laughs> Matt's like, nah, it's no, no. We're gonna be right. We're gonna be right back to where we always are. No like, way. and it's gonna be like, but the but the playoffs. Like, it doesn't matter for the season. Nah, he's he's a better player now than when he like he just, he just is a better player. And like a lot of these guys, I think are better players for this experience. And and Jamal, I think is just one of those guys that you you take this moment and then you add it on to the rest of his career, and it's it's just gonna look. For a team in the finals, they have the seventh best defense, non-garbage time over at Clean the Glass, at one twelve point two. Denver's at one twelve point five. Like these defenses have been even through throughout these playoffs, and uh, what Minnesota, the they played one good offensive team. But they played two not so so good okay. offenses. They, they, they played good. Anthony Edwards. <laughs> they, they, also Carl Carl Towns, Matt, Matt, they also played Carl Anthony Towns. They played Devin played. Booker with Just Kevin Durant. That one was good, and they gave up a lot of points. They LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves. They played LeBron I mean, James with NBA top with NBA seventy five Anthony Davis. Yeah. And we don't Austin have to well, I mean, Boston was a good offensive team, but so, I mean, the, the here, Knicks were. I, I, I mean, you're right that like we can poke holes in in Denver's in Denver's course here. Like we can do that. Well, they, you're they already right. are. Right? Yeah. Swipe has been all over that today. Um, but like, my, here's the easiest here's run ever. I will say that like, I think that for every twist that you can give the Nuggets resume, I can do the same with the Heat. Yeah, I agree. Is that like? It's like, well, they, but they faced the, the Boston Celtics, who were, you know, the number one point differential team. Did they play like it? Like, did you, do you remember when they almost lost to Joel Embiid in a play, like in a, in a playoff series? They almost lost, not in like a game in January. They almost lost oh. to Joel Embiid in May. You should never be close to losing to Joel Embiid in May. <laughs> 
Cool. Could, could, oh, wait, Matt, is it confirmed that the two players on Matt's hit list Adam, are yeah, Embiid on, and on, Anthony hang on, Davis? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Adam, you were on me on the, before I came on the show about not having enough energy. So yeah, I wow. <laughs> bring, bring it down. The energy's too high. <laughs> anyway, all I'm saying is, what I am really trying to say, though, is like, I'm. here's the bigger thing. They won that series versus the Bucks because they absolutely shot the lights out and the Bucks just like, blah, and they had a lot of problems throughout the year. They won that series versus the Celtics because, again, games one, two, and three, they shot the absolute lights out. And maybe they do that again. Again, like, I am not ruling it out. That's sports. Sometimes teams just get super hot. That's possible. But my, the key I'm trying to get to here is that Miami didn't win that Boston series with defense. They really didn't. Yeah, no, you're right about this. So if they didn't win that series with defense and defense is their strength and personnel-wise, they don't have the firepower, then we return to like the same kind of core question here. And like I'm doing the thing that I don't like, which is like, so there's no chance? So there's no chance? No, again, there's a chance here. Spoh's a great coach. I think Bam actually could have a match. Like a lot of this for me is like on Bam out of bio offensively. Like that's one of my big questions is like what's Bam out of bio going to do offensively? Because he's about to get wrecked on defense. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to point out that Boston was a worse defense during the playoffs than Denver has been so far. And yeah. I think that Boston has showed serious holes, and they're just not the team that like, I think everybody thought that they were going to be. Like, They're just an immature mess of a team. Uh, and that that sucks. But Denver, it's like they absolutely have like way more to give on the defensive end than a team like Boston does somehow, some way. I did Wait, not think I would ever say Ryan, that. I figured it out. Uh, Matt, you've been watching Patrick Mahomes highlights tonight, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's on loop on another screen. <laughs> what about you, Swipe? I'm curious, though. Yeah, I, I well, I think everybody, you know, if you know me on, I love Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler is incredible. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I love Bam. I like Matt. I think Bam is the most switchable big in the NBA. I trust him in space. I trust him at the rim. Uh, but again, relative to bigs, he's, you know, he's still a big. He can still get cooked. But like he's out of Anthony Davis, Wendell Carter Jr. Like those are the players that I would think about um, in terms of trusting them to guard guards. Um, I think that they're a really good, well-coached team. Funny enough, I don't they're not talented in the same way the Nuggets are, but for me, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and having Bam, having Jimmy, I thought Kyle Lowry had really good moments in the playoffs so far, and especially in this last series versus Boston. And again, they get Tyler Hero back, and then they still have Kevin Love. They want to utilize him as well. You got Cody Zeller. I like how they built their roster, but the biggest takeaway is they're just really small. They're not a big team. And, like, that's a flaw when you're playing a Nuggets team that is loaded in the front court. And they don't play anyone in the rotation smaller than 6'4". And their 6'4 player in Bruce Brown plays like a center. So, you know, I think a lot of this comes down to, I think the Miami Heat, they have the style, they have the belief, they have the culture, and they believe they can beat anyone. But I think to – Maybe the point, the way you beat the Miami Heat is by beating them down and them breaking that culture. So that's what the Nuggets are going to have to do. Because guess what? The Nuggets did that to the Suns, and they did it to the Lakers. And they obviously did it to the Timberwolves. You know, their fans were chanting, you know, we want the Nuggets, you know, before the series started and all that. So 
again, I think a lot of this is you have to – Jimmy Butler is going to try to come out, as he always does, because they've won all game ones, I think, so far in the playoff, try to come out and set the tone and basically say that I am going to be the reason why you get broken in this series. And I just don't think Jimmy Butler is going to outdog Jokic and, to be fair, Jamal Murray. So, but again, I think that is going to be a challenge for them. And I think that they're going to present a lot of issues. I don't know how much they're going to use the zone versus the Nuggets, but the fronting they did in the regular season versus Nikola Jokic, if they want to put him in the post and all that kind of stuff, they're going to do that. But the Nuggets are not in the regular season anymore. They're not just going to leave Joker in the post for you just to try to front him. So I would say we're going to talk about this next. The Nuggets have way more advantages that the Miami Heat have to try to solve than the Nuggets do to try to solve any disadvantages they have because of the roster. I, I agree with I agree with that. Yeah. Let me I mean I just wanna I wanna ask this question, I guess. Do you guys think that like who who do you think is the best player on the Miami roster to guard Jokic while Bam is roaming? Like do they have somebody that can actually do it or is it just going to be kind of piecemealing whether it's Jimmy Butler, whether it's Kevin Love, Haywood Highsmith? Because I'm thinking, like, man, they had PJ Tucker last year, and that that would be a pretty good guy to have in this kind of series. Just just to be a very physical, just just beast of a body that that can't really be moved. Like even even Jokic could could struggle to move him a little bit. He'd figure it out. But like, I, I'm very curious. Like, who who would each of you pick to fill that other spot to guard Jokic? Matt. I think that Spo knows he's going to have to try a lot of things. Um, I think they'll try Love. I think that'll fail. I think they'll try Highsmith. I think that'll fail. I think eventually it's just going to have to be Bam. Um, honestly, part of this, and this is like uh, Lowe talked about this on Low Post with Pelton, about how Bam's not great yep. as a weak side rim protector. Yep. So it's not Anthony Davis coming over to crowd. It's not a massive Gobert, or Gobert coming over from the other side to block on those shots. It's just not the same kind of guy. Um, I think I am curious to see if they will try Butler um, just from a Butler tries to just like power through it. I don't know that Jimmy's going to have anything left in the tank. If he has to bang with Jokic for any long period of time, their offense, their offense, even with Caleb playing the way that he has, he's been phenomenal. And even with how good I actually really think Gabe is good. And I'm very excited for the fact that Gabe Vincent's going to get a good contract this summer based off his postseason play. They don't have enough. Like if hero comes back, every heat fan I've talked to is concerned about hero coming back because him coming back takes away from how they played without him. And like, there's a real like, Hey, you know, love Tyler, Lo- love Tyler, you know, such a good dude, such a good guy, real Real good. He's a good, good heart. Good heart. Could he not play? Because we'd like him not really? to play. Um, yeah, they have a lot of concerns about it. Because like a, a lot of this is like, if he's not on, if he's on the floor, then one of Gabe, Caleb, or Struz is not on the floor. And that combo has been part of what's gotten them there. They need the shot creation. They need the ball handling. But the other thing is just like, if Space. Hero plays, there's going to be minutes where Hero plays next to Duncan. And if they play, play hero and duncan together in any minute where nicole Jokic is on the floor that's 1.8 or better it just is like those guys just can't handle. i mean duncan played great defense versus the boston celtics 
F it, I'm chucking it offense, but they'll have a much harder time versus what Denver brings to the table. So I think they'll try a lot of things. The fronting strategy is probably something to look at just because the like a lot of this gets into the question of, again, like if you look for how, how does Miami overcome this? It's I don't even necessarily think it's through tactics and strategy. I think it's through technique and effort. It's like, yeah, no, like most teams would fail fronting Jokic, but they just did it at such a high level and were able to contest those passes and the Nuggets couldn't get those passes clean and they failed in that regard and that cost them big time offensively and turned the ball over, which like that's a big part of the series to me is the turnovers. That's like, I always come back to that. So for me, it's a broken record thing, but more than ever, this is a huge part of the series. It's just like, that's how Miami's going to try and live. Miami is a better transition offense than Denver in playoffs. That's really hard to do. Denver's transition offense is elite, and it eviscerated the, the Lakers. If the Heat are able to force turnovers and keep Denver out of transition and score the way that they have in this postseason, then that gives them a little bit of an advantage, but that's going to mean things like denying Jokic the ball. I just, at this point, Denver has has proven to me that they have shown that they're like, oh, you're going to do this? Okay, not only do we have an answer, we have seven like, oh, you you have a problem for us? Is that what you have? Is it, oh, you're going to put Rui on us? Oh, is, is that the move? Not one answer. They have seven different mechanisms out of every combination because of how Jokic is playing right now for them to solve whatever. So, like, the answer to, you know, what what is the best strategy for them, it's going to be a mishmash of everything and hoping to God that something works. First of all, I agree with you about Adebayo. I think that um, he's not the best rim roller like Romer I don't think that that is where he's at his best value so I think that that one limits things but I also agree with you that I don't think they have a good answer I don't think there's a natural this is what they're going to do here's my crazy one it feels crazy to take you guys are going to laugh at it and it's probably wrong Kyle Lowry no it's not about guarding Jokic it's about guarding the Nuggets like Jokic is going to solve the equation right so can you guard the other guys so that you make them a little bit more one-dimensional? And that's namely Aaron Gordon. So I do wonder if a Zeller could be a guy that they try to stick on Jokic and play out of bio off him. Now they have played together regular season and playoffs combined 0.6 minutes together this season so far. So it's literally not an option they've gone to before. I'm, I'm guessing that comes on inbound plays. Like they probably guarded two inbound plays with that lineup. But to me, I look at it and I go, if you're trying to stop Aaron Gordon, you need to have a big body and you're not, you know, if that's, if that's the punch you're trying to mitigate, it might make sense to say, Hey, put bam on him and, and then use Zeller as the long body that comes over to double and, and cause issues and get in passing lanes. Again, I don't think it'll work, but well, Adam, Kevin Love pick and roll. Remember that's the Detroit Pistons did do that with Jalen Duran and James Wiseman for a second. And it worked for a while because they used obviously Wiseman as a vertical spacer in that, and obviously, Bam's a good enough passer. So, I mean, if they wanted to try it, I could see a path for them trying it. I just want to congratulate myself on not being the first person to bring up Cody Zeller. <laughs> good job. Good job. <laughs> that was like whoever had plus ons on that that got that. That's uh, look, that's I love impressive. Zeller. Um, I, I've, I'm like the guy on Twitter that's constantly talked about him. Uh, he it was Charlotte. They were Borrego was running a bunch of switch, and he was like one of the best switch defender bigs in the NBA. And like no one would believe me because they were like, but he's on the Hornets. So clearly that's not true. And it's like, no, like the Hornets suck. Don't get me wrong. But like this specific thing that Cody Zeller does is good. He's been really, he was really good for them in the regular season. I will say that like 
when they reached second round, it was like, okay, this is no like we it, this is no longer Cody Zeller time. And so like, it's an interesting question, I think, for Spolstra of will he go back to what is a, like a guy they picked up midseason, a veteran journeyman like that kind of move is an extreme one. And it's a desperation maneuver like a Tristan Thompson sighting in a game four. Right. Like it's like that is a it is a heavy like we are we are at such a disadvantage we have to get complete and somebody m- m- noted this in the chat like the offense then i think has real problems because bam is not a great floor spreader so oh they're often that offense that i just mentioned with those two bigs would be atrocious yeah I mean, it would be horrible but right it's- so like and then, then the, the question there is just like okay w- what happens then of all right congratulations you've taken denver from a 120 offensive rating down to a 115 unfortunately yours is a 95 i mean you're hoping here's the thing i think the adjustment i just talked about is not one you win a series with i think it's one you win a game and i think the Rui adjustment by the way is a move that you win a game with and they didn't denver still pulled out the game but to me it's just about can you give a look that's so shocking and so different that it takes a quarter to adjust to and maybe that's enough to tilt the odds in your favor so Again, it's not something I really – I just think there's one coach in the NBA that's not afraid to try something as crazy as that, and it's Spolstra. I'd be like, hey, why not? Let's see. I think you're absolutely right that, like, it's – like, from if looking at all options, a double big lineup is maybe the best one. Honestly, is some of this, like, they actually put Bam on Jokic and try and put Zeller on Gordon and have Zeller be the weak That's how I explained it. I think yeah. it's actually better in that configuration. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, could be – Maybe Omer Yurt seven gets a look. Maybe uh, Awood Highsmith gets a little bit of an extended look. But I think the fact is, is that the answers that they're going to have to like seek out here are are so far away from where they they would want to have stretched in, in this particular playoffs. And it's something that like they they weren't game planning for Jokic. I, I think that they probably could get away with what we're talking about against Embiid, but they weren't game planning for this and, and not having some of those other answers is going to be a pretty big issue for them. Not to mention the more they continue to load up onto Jokic to try to try to stop him. Like it's just going to make it easier for Murray to get to where he needs to go. And like Murray's averaging 28 a night. Like it's, it's not like he's like, a, like just a guy that they can throw Gabe Vincent on. And it's going to be perfectly fine. Like it's, they're going to have to they're have to work on him just as much as they're working on Jokic. And, Maybe, maybe not as much as, as they're working on Jokic, but like the, there's two pieces to this. And then if you overload on one, then like if you overload on both of them, then you're leaving three on one on, on, on the right. Do you well. think Gabe Vincent will stay and that's a starter? Or you think Kyle Lowry comes back in because of what you just said? I mean, I, I think that Murray's taking advantage of Kyle Lowry too. Like that's, that's, that, that ain't, that ain't a question in my mind. Like I don't think that they have a lot of great defenders on Murray either. You know, a funny thing, though, about that question, I don't know if you caught this today at the presser, Ryan, but Michael Malone was effusive in his praise of Gabe Vincent. Very. In a similar way that he was effusive in his praise of D'Angelo Russell. Very. <laughs> and it makes me think sometimes oh, Malone is almost know, trying to give the, the guy one, that the he that got me, play. The one that got me was when he was like, okay, you know, Caleb Martin, like some yeah, kind of an argument that he could have won Eastern Conference, like, like champion MVP, yeah that was a great one just the way yeah. he's doing like like they should probably continue to run things through him and, and just just yeah. try to try to showcase that a little bit mm. I, I think denver's going to be okay regardless 
Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not a lot of great options. You know, I've talked to some of the Heat people. Uh, you know, Kevin Love definitely could enter the starting lineup again. Um, but then if I mean Bam's on on AG, then Michael Porter Jr., Jimmy Butler. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to transfigure that. Jimmy um, Jimmy might guard Murray for for various stretches, but that's also one where you're like, you cannot put Jimmy on Murray for the entire game and expect them to survive at altitude after the entire playoff run that he's tried. Like they're going to screen and rescreen and rescreen and back cut and screen and DHO. And it's going to be so much for mm-hmm. Butler to try to handle by himself. In that case, he, he's not going to be able to do it. I, I feel very strongly about that. And if he's actually, if they're actually, if that's their game plan, like it's fine to do it at the end of games, but if that's their game plan heading into game one of this series, uh, that's that's not going to fly. Well, then even with that, so you're putting Gabe Vincent onto Michael Porter Jr. Not Gabe Vincent. Uh, uh, you're putting uh, uh, Max Caleb Martin. Will go on to MPJ Caleb. and then yeah, Gabe Vincent on yeah, KCP probably just from the size perspective. And like those are advantages for those guys sidewise. Like that's just they have advantages everywhere. Their entire right. rotation is small. And that's that. This was my question, by the way, with the Suns and how Denver was going to be able to defend the Suns better than they would defend the Clippers or better than the Clippers defended the Suns. This does matter. All all of these, like they might seem trivial. They might seem like a little bit of small details here or there, but Denver has size on both ends of the floor that, that I just like Boston was a big team at various points, but not in the way that Denver is. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Well, on the other side of this, um, you already mentioned, you know, some of the things about how they're going to guard the two-man game. So uh, you do suspect Ryan at some point in time in the game they're just going to say we're going to put Butler on Bam, Butler and Bam on Jokic and Murray. Uh, do you suspect because the Miami Heat are a heavy switch team? And the biggest question that I think I have defensively for the Heat: Do you expect them to continue to deploy that switch technique, or do you think that they're going to just do a lot of showing on Murray? Are they going to go to drop coverage? How do you all think they're going to defend? I think if you have Butler and Bam guarding Murray and Jokic, then you can switch that and feel okay about it. Uh, it's not going to be great. Like you're, you're still going to have like Jokic is going to get some post-ups and, and that's going to be a, a nightmare for sometimes. But if you're just trying to switch something late clock and have somebody ISO against Butler or Bam, that's, that's probably Miami's best case scenario in late game defense. Uh, but throughout the game, like, you're probably not going to be able to switch that a lot because Denver, they're, they're slipping screens all the time. They're back cutting all the time. They'll set stuff up to get easy baskets. It's going to be relatively simple on that front for Denver to try to navigate it. Uh, I'll say, I think, I think switching is not a good strategy. Um, again, the yoga has just shown that he's got, so many counters to it like part of this is just like all right you switched it congratulations here's a post entry pass to nicola and now we're going to run dho and now you got jamal murray going going full speed downhill versus butler who is tired on a bad wheel trying to recover for a weak side block it's tough man like there's like this there's a reason this is the best two-man game in the league right now and so i don't think necessarily think there are good options there i'm actually a lot more interested on the other side of the ball um i think that the the heat have to get the the nuggets offensive level and seeing how Jimmy's going to try and target who he's going to try and target and how will be, I think really interesting. Um, you would imagine that they'll take the same approach. Like everyone's anticipation is that they're going to try and do the same thing that every team has tried. It's really funny when it was like, Oh, well, the heat are going to, are going to defend Jamal Murray 
full court and try and wear him out. Yeah, no, haven't haven't seen that one before in the playoffs. Um, but I think on on defense, like they are going to try and wear Jamal out by probably switching to get him on Butler, and then and then putting Jamal and Nicola in pick and roll and seeing if Jimmy can wear him out that way. Um, get Jimmy downhill. Like a lot of this though is like Jimmy's Jimmy attacks. Like Miami doesn't attack the rim as much as you think they would. Um, they do wind up kind of taking like Jimmy wants to get into the paint and draw a foul is like what that's how he wants to, to kind of approach things. And he has like fadeaways and he's got a lot of, a lot of stuff in his bag. Um, but I am kind of curious about like what Butler's specific approach offensively in the series is going to be. I'll note that during the buck series, he averaged 38 points per game in part because he had the 56 game. Um, since then he's averaged just 25 points per game in the playoffs since that first round series. Um, and I, I don't think that that's like Jimmy's not good. I think Jimmy's hurt. I think he's banged up. I think he's worn out. I think that he's a former Thibodeau player who's in his mid thirties. And this is a lot of basketball for him to try and manage. So Adams talked a lot about this and he's been spot on about the fatigue factor and about how the nuggets have worn teams out. I mm-hmm. think they're in another battle like that in this one. That's one of the things that Miami wants to do is they want to be like, we're tougher than you. Like there's that Spo quote that I thought came out today. It was amazing where it's like suffer, suffer and suffer until success comes. And that pain tolerance, I think is really interesting just because the nuggets have played so well to put themselves in a better position for short term pain. They played their guys to the bone. They went to a seven man rotation by the end of the Lakers series because they could because they were like, if we win this one, then we're off for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that whole equation, I think, is really interesting. I'd be interested to hear both Cam and, and Adam's thoughts on that. What do you think, Adam? Well, as far as wearing him down, you know, LeBron was worn down in the series and he kept going. That was a very, it was one of the most impressive things, I thought, of that series is LeBron was clearly couldn't give more than what he gave. But he kept mm-hmm. he kept going. He just kept going. And I think the entire Miami team – they're, they're steeped in that. That's who they are. When he says suffer, 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 mentally they've been prepared to suffer all year. That's like that's in their DNA. So I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to quit. With the question about the switch versus not switch. Here's the key to the series for Miami. They can't, none of their options are good, but all of their options collectively might be enough to fool Denver. And what it is, is Jokic isn't fooled. He reads the court really well. He always, I think, sees what's going on. He gets confused from time to time, but he sees it. The question is, can you confuse everybody else? Because Jokic requires everybody to kind of have this like on a string, everybody's reading the court and then you pick them apart. And I just think that what Miami is going to do is all of these things that we've talked about, they're going to switch sometimes, they're going to play straight up, they're going to chase, they're going to drop. They're just going to try to mix it up as much as possible. And I think they have a smart enough team to pull that off. It's rare to have a team that's smart enough to pull off that many different coverages, oftentimes within one game. And I think Miami's going to try that. They're going to go zone. It's not that the zone's going to work, but can they go to it for three possessions and then go away for it? So right as Denver adjusts, now they have to adjust to a new thing and a new thing and a new thing. And again, I don't think Jokic will screw it up. I actually don't think the Nuggets will screw it up. I think they're ready for that challenge. But that's your hope is that Michael Porter screws it up once here. KCP screws it up once there. And you just create enough of a clunkiness that, that it slows them down. Yeah, I think that if if the Heat 
start off game one already playing on their heels because they're having to over-adjust to counter what the Nuggets are doing or maybe will do on a possession-by-possession basis. I just think that that's just a lot of pressure to have to overcome. It it feels like, uh, I don't I know y'all remember this movie, but like the Little Giants, you know, the little football movie where they basically like had to run the icebox special and all this other kind of stuff in order to like, you know, get these victories. That's what it kind of feels like. But it's not because the Heat aren't good, but their opponent is like so much better at certain things that it's almost like you have to overcompensate in some way. But again, but just to be clear, they won. The Little Giants won that game. <laughs> but what the problem is is that you have to do it four times. I don't All know right. if they could do it every time, you know. So that, that's what I mean. I think, like, I just think that the, the Nuggets are presenting so many challenges. And, again, we all know this. You all have been covering the Nuggets since Jokic got in Denver, basically. What do they struggle with? Size and athleticism. And they don't have more size or more athleticism than the, <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. That's the play, by the way. That's Puerto the play Rico. the little Giants ran, the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> Right. I want to I want to congratulate you on referencing a movie that came out five years before Ryan was born. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, Matt, a reference I caught. <laughs> Whoa! Nuggets like, so are in the finals. Adams catching <laughs> pop culture references. Cats and dogs living together. Um, well, no idea what's going on. Yeah. Look, hey, I want to ask. I want to ask. I want to ask uh, the resident Jamal guy. Oh. Um, so, look, it's been a fascinating playoffs for Jamal, right? He's put himself on the map. Everyone's talking about playoff Murray. Like, he's being talked about as, like, on that tier, right? Like, it's victory lap central for you, and congratulations for you for that. It's, I haven't it's taken good. it quite yet. I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm um, still waiting. He has gotten tired. That's been evident. He powered through a bunch of spots. Uh, what's your feeling about the physicality and what I talked about with them trying to wear out Murray specifically in this series, especially with him coming off uh, the, the illness that clearly he was able to power through in that Lakers series, but you know, he's got a, it's a lot on him right now, I think physically. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I, I think that if you had to rank nuggets as to who benefited the most from time off, he's probably at the top of the list in terms of being able to catch his breath and really be able to get his mind around what this moment actually looks like for him and looks like for the team uh, and just get, get recovered physically. I think that I mentioned Gabe Vincent earlier as a guy that they're probably like, he's not going to struggle with, but one thing that he will like Gabe Vincent will do is he'll pressure him full court. He'll, he'll try to make him work. He'll like, that's a guy in Gabe Vincent that they, they don't need Gabe Vincent's offense in order to win the series more than Denver needs Murray's offense. So like you can, you can use Gabe Vincent's energy on things like that. Uh, I do think that with the propensity that the Heat have to go zone, uh, with the physicality that they play, there are going to be some times where Murray's going to have to get off the ball again, uh, more so than the Lakers series where they didn't really have anybody to really pressure him. Like Schroeder was fine, but nothing special. Nikhil Alexander-Walker and and Josh Akogi and guys like that were a little bit different to the previous series, just big athletic guys. Gabe Vincent isn't going to be like great at that, but they could also put Max Struess on him and, and other players and, and do some good things there. But I do think that I, I made this prediction. I think he'll probably average closer to like 24 or 25 points per game in, in this series, because there's going to be times where he needs to get off ball 
the ball's not going to find him in the middle of the zone, like when Denver's trying to feed it into the middle of the zone, or if it's going to be uh, like th- there's going to be opportunities for Porter. There's going to be opportunities for Gordon and KCP and all of these guys to really shine. I think we probably see more of a return to team basketball nuggets as opposed to two-man game nuggets in this series as compared to last round. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think the thing about that is I understand the logic, but Jamal Murray in an NBA final setting with the foot a, a stamp on the, the year 24. Yeah, I think Jamal could. That's, that's a good yeah. counter. That's a good that's a good counter right there. Uh, he'll he'll probably have some games where he takes thirty shots. Like that, I mean, honestly, probably one. That's a thing though. Like the the Heat have been here as an organization, as an entity. They've been here. They've been on the stage. It is one question you have always when you get to the finals. Everything's different. You guys are gonna we're gonna see tomorrow at media day when there's a thousand people interviewing all of these dudes, and it just feels a hundred times bigger. Does a player? Michael Porter has fit in. He hasn't forced things. Does he force a little bit more? Because it's his moment, and here we are. Does Mike? Does Jamal Murray, to your point, feel it a little too much? You know, or or try to get himself going a little too much, just because all of the atmosphere just makes you feel a little bit something special. It's a real question. The Nuggets have gotten to this point because they've been so disciplined on offense and played connected, and it's very, very, very easy to fall out of that rhythm. And if you do, Miami will take advantage of it for sure. So. Can everyone give me one or two if you want? Because I know you know some of you uh, might have two. One X factor for the Nuggets. One X factor for the Miami Heat in this series. X factor for the Nuggets for me is Aaron Gordon. Uh, I think this is a great series for him. It's actually I think he's the most unsung guy that we, in terms of can this matchup in their default lineups can it be a great matchup for somebody? They love to play small power forward. They just love it. They have guy. I mean sometimes Caleb Martin to me. And I argued with people about this today. Aaron Gordon murders that type of player. It's not that I love Caleb Martin. I have a lot of respect for. I love that mold of player. I like his game. I like everything about him. Aaron Gordon is great at punishing you if you're not as strong as him. And there's very few players that are as strong as him. In fact, I don't think there's any that aren't his size. There's no little guy that like pushes him around. He's big. So to me, I think offensively, he can be one of the guys that really breaks them, really puts the the you know yoke's going to occupy Bam and occupy so much. But he could be the guy that's just grabbing rebounds, drop-offs, rim runs. You know, first of all, think about it. Jimmy Butler, I think, could match up on him. You get a cross match because you get out in transition. Forget the fast break point. You just get Gabe Vincent matched up with him in transition. Nuggets know what to do about that. They know exactly how to take advantage of that. So I think this can be a great offensive series for Aaron Gordon. And then defensively, this is the one everyone's going to clip and throw back at me. I think he's a good matchup for Jimmy Butler. And I know that this, the, the Heat are good at finding a weaker matchup, but I actually think it's the mold of player he's best at defending, and I think that it could be good. I, I, I think there's a chance that this is a series where you look at it and you go, and it'll probably be accredited to him being tired. Like if Butler plays poorly in the series, ah, he was just tired. He was just worn down. But I think there's a chance that it's like, no, Aaron Gordon is – that's the type of player he's best at defending. So Aaron Gordon to me is the two-way X factor in this, uh, in this series. Anybody yeah. for the Miami Heat? I mean, is it too easy to say Tyler Hero just because of what a you know what a wrench he could throw into the series if he comes? I wasn't back? gonna say Tyler Hero, so I think you might be the only one that says that. So you can elaborate. I mean, I just he's just an X factor in terms of I'm not picturing him playing in the series. And then if he does, right. who knows what that means? So um right. 
I don't know yet. I don't. To be honest with you, I don't really know because the usual suspects that you would throw in there. I mean, Kevin Love or this. Or that, I, I just don't see it working. So, so I don't know who the X Factor would be. Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Honestly, he's hitting those shots. Yeah. If, if I'm if I'm picking one for Miami, it's probably Bam. Like I, I know he's probably too good to be an X Factor. Like, but like there there is a strong chance that he just gets bludgeoned in this series and then and, and has no answers but what if he does like like what if he does have an answer what if what if this is his best defensive series that he's ever played and what does that look like against Jokic can Jokic like maybe Jokic goes 50 percent from the field as opposed to 58 percent from the field or whatever he's, he's shooting right now and and maybe that slows down a couple things and then Miami doesn't have to go uh, send a whole bunch of double teams and junk up their stuff as much and they can they can defend everybody else a little bit more traditionally that I mean, Bam is a, a fantastic defender against the vast majority of players. As we talked about, Jokic is one of those guys that he's often struggled with, but he has the capacity and has the physical and, and like I think natural, but also like like experience and and like smarts to be able to at least counter some of what Jokic does. Whether that's actually going to manifest or not. Probably not, but like that. If if Miami's gonna win the series, it's gotta come from Bam. Like that's that's where it has to be. I don't see it. I just don't like that. To me, is one I just feel so. I mean, look, anything's possible in the playoffs. Suppose great, but I just I love that matchup for Jokic. I just I think that's his favorite type of defender to go against. Now that's the one you're gonna clip. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if he plays poorly, of course. But look, people tried to clip the thing about Anthony Davis and what happened. I just. If you Jokic doesn't like length and he doesn't like when guys have the athleticism to block the shot, like Bam plays positional defense. Jokic Adam is not Adam does not blindly um, believe in Jokic. He understands the matchups that are really well. He believes he can get past any matchup because of how much how good he is. Yeah. But he knows. And I agree. I agree with you guys to be clear. Like that's yeah, the I, most you're, you're also right. I agree. Like I think you're both. I think you're both on target. Which is like I can't see Bam doing it. If Bam does it, that's a huge X factor. Yeah, like that's that's the biggest flip of the series who's, that I could the nugget for, see. Who's the nugget for you, Ryan? Uh, it's probably for me. It's probably Porter. Like, it's a good there, one. there's a lot that he can do against the zone. There's a lot that he can do against smaller players, and, and there's often like there's, maybe there's times where he does too much. Maybe there's times where he gets out of rhythm trying to exploit this perceived weakness uh, that the that the Miami Heat have against him, and then. He doesn't shoot well because we've seen him go through some slumps on occasion. And like it's he's not always gonna shoot perfectly from three. If he shoots 40%, then Denver probably wins the series. If he shoots 30%, then Denver like it gets gets a little bit more dicey that because that's one of the guys that you're counting on. So I I, I think that he's one and and then on the defensive end with him, he can capably switch on to a lot of people, I think, in this series. I don't think that like Jimmy will seek him out they'll he'll try to draw some fouls i think that porter's defense is capable of holding up there i really do believe that and that's an x factor to me like if it does hold up then you're talking about a really short series because one of the perceived weaknesses that miami's trying to seek out isn't actually that and if it doesn't hold up and and he actually gets played off the court then Denver may have five players that they can play in a clutch situation in, in a NBA Finals, and that's not a great situation to be in. Hmm. Um, I'll say Porter as well. Um, the rebounding edge here is massive. 
Mm. Like it's massive. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how they're going to rebound. I don't know how the Heat are going to rebound. Um, you put Kevin Love out there and it's not enough mobility for you to be able to contain the motion. If you go to a, a more athletic guy, you're giving up five inches to Porter and Porter's going to crash the glass. The rebounding there is a big advantage. Um, early in that Laker series, I was amazed at the kind of looks that Porter was getting versus Austin Reeves. I was just like, he's just too small. Like you just, you just, you can't get into his airspace. He don't have anybody that can get into his airspace besides maybe Butler and Bam. And so if Porter's coming off these DHOs and getting clean looks, he's just going to hit enough of them and he's going to have pretty easy offense in a lot of those situations because they can't guard everything and that. So uh, Porter's going to have a, have a good end on that side. I think defensively, honestly, I don't worry as much about the on-ball stuff as I worry about the off-ball. Um, yeah. The Heat are – like Porter's been good. Porter's been really good. I have no complaints. This is not about him being a weakness. It's that the – Timing on the heat is quick and they don't hesitate and they don't overthink shots. They know exactly the shots that they need to take and they take them with impunity. Like they are ready to fire. And so if you are a step late, that's an open three. And every three that Miami gets up is a win for them. They got to generate a lot of threes. Like they have to outshoot Denver from three point range, whether that's by volume or percentage they got to get more threes up in the series in order to make up for the offensive differential here. So um, Porter, they're the hardest off ball team Denver has faced so far. So I think that challenge is a real challenge for Michael Porter, who's been great defensively in these playoffs, but this is the most mentally challenging helps side, whatever you want to call it off ball. He'll have. Yep. Um, And for the, the heat, like Adam mentioned it, here's the thing. I can't tell you who the X factor is going to be because that's the whole point of this team. Like it's, there's going to be a player hitting shots in game two that I'm going to look over at Ryan and Ryan's going to be doing the fake laugh that he does when he's exasperated <laughs> because a random role player is hitting shots that he's just, what are you supposed to do? And it's like, yeah, this is, that's, that's Miami, whether it's Lowry or Highsmith or Morton or Struess or Vincent, one of those guys is going to like, they'll either have a series or a game. And like that will consistently happen. Um, and I think this is kind of the, the element is like he can probably get one of those random guys to be an X factor. The question is, I think is going to be, and this has been the problem for every single team in the Western conference playoffs. Your two guys have to be better than Denver's best two guys. And nobody's been capable of it. Nobody, nobody's come close. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant couldn't do it. LeBron James and Anthony Davis couldn't do it. Anthony Edwards and, NAW couldn't do it. Um, Rudy, maybe was Rudy the second best player in that series? Adam, I yeah, I think agree. so. Yeah, I think so. yeah. Well, easily. And Rudy played Rudy. good defense against you. Yeah. Rudy, and, and, Rudy, I'm telling you, Rudy is poor Rudy, man. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> Ant and Ant and Rudy couldn't do it. And so, like, are Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo great players? They absolutely are. Can they can they be better than can they be better than this team under these circumstances off a seven game series? with Denver having home court. And that's what this gets into. The Heat will have a, have an X factor. I don't know who it's going to be. The question is whether or not it's going to be a big enough of an X factor. If it's going to be a black swan event, big enough to switch the series. Hmm. Yeah, well, quickly, I think the X factor for Denver, for sure. Uh, I think MPJ is going to have a lot of opportunities. Offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, second chance opportunities is going to be really big in this series. Again, he's going to have Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, you can have Caleb Martin, sometimes Gabe, sometimes Kyle. 
Sometimes Jimmy has a matchup advantage over every single one of those players with his height. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, I don't think there's one player that beats the Nuggets as a tertiary player, but I think a player that can do this consistently if he can, Duncan Robinson. You know, he's shot really well uh, in the playoffs so far. Really, really key shots in every series. His defense has actually not been as bad. Again, they haven't played against a guard that can consistently attack them. Jalen Brunson did, and Jalen Brunson averaged 31 points in that series. He just didn't have his second-best player ever show up because of injuries or whatever else it might be. So, again, I think Duncan might be the X factor. All right, money time, y'all. Series prediction, and I'm going to start with Adam, then we'll go Ryan, and then we will go Matt. Series prediction. Adam, what do you got? I've got Nuggets in five. I really like this one. I have a lot of respect for the Heat. I think they're a great you know, team. They play connected. They play all the ways. I just like this matchup. It, it, it almost has more to do with matchup than anything else. I think it favors Denver um, in a lot of – I think there's a lot of avenues to Denver winning this one. Um, they're going to have to shoot the ball well. And I, the rest factor is kind of big. The finals factor I think is probably bigger than we're giving it credit for. Just the fact that – all I've ever heard from people is that the finals are different. They're just different. They feel different. There's more people. It's the the way they do media is different. The way they like the times are more controlled. There's just the rhythms are thrown off. We know Yoke is a rhythm guy. He does the same thing right every day, and that's a big part of it. I think he's gonna have to have a new routine in this finals, and that's gonna be a thing that's just like a bunch of little things like that. But at the end of the day, I think the Nuggets match up extremely well with this team. I have a lot of respect for Spo. But you can only, you know, play the hand you're dealt. And, and there's only so many moves I think they can make. So I think Denver wins this one in five. I don't think it's a sweep. Sweeping's too hard to do. That's reserved for just teams like the Lakers. You don't, you can't sweep everybody, guys. There's only some teams. But I think Denver gets this one done in five. And, and here in about a week's time, we're celebrating the first ever NBA championship in Denver. I, I really want to predict a sweep. I... I don't think I can for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned here that things just get real weird. And like in, in this environment, like basically everybody in Denver, it's their first time except for KCP and Jeff Green, if I'm not mistaken. And like they'll, they'll be able to rise above that. I, I, feel, I feel pretty comfortable that there, there's a lot of teams that went to the finals for the first time and, and they, they ultimately won. And sometimes you lose, sometimes you win, but I do think that the talent disparity here is just so vast and that Denver having the best player in the series, having a second guy that has capably stepped up almost every single night and then having a bunch of different options that you can always go to and always feel like when the timing is right, that they will make their mark. I think it's probably Nuggets and five too. I think it would be nice for it to be Nuggets and five, so that Denver fans would have an opportunity to celebrate that in their own building, and that the team that like the Nuggets, they they just it feels like a team of destiny. I know that Miami probably feels like a team of destiny too, but what Denver's done in these playoffs is so far above what anybody else has done from a statistical standpoint. And they've taken care of business at every single turn. And why would they stop now? What is the reason? I don't, I don't have a reason to believe that they would. I believe in Jokic. I believe in Murray. I believe in the vision. I think that they get this done in five. So 
I of course like I want to take heat. I want to take Nuggets and six. Like that's what I want to take is because I'm like oh the you know got respect like respect them you know and like my I mentioned this kind of you can have all the tactical advantages and personal advantages and like Miami's done this where it's like okay yeah but like you don't shoot well for a quarter and all of a sudden they got a ten point lead like Boston had everything set up perfectly for that and that them in that game seven and then they got down and they panicked they panicked badly and I don't think Denver will panic as bad so like I want to say Nuggets and six I just I just can't get there. I just, I cannot get there. Nuggets and five. Like this team's better. This team's better and this team's ready. And I have underestimated them. I've said that they were going to win, but I've underestimated them in the last three series. And they deserve my respect enough to believe like, I can't just constantly be like, well, yeah, this other team's good too. All right. Are they better? No, they're not. They're not better than this team. This has been the best team in the playoffs. They've been the most ready. They have the best player. This is, again, you run down all of the things. Teams coming off of game sevens, they tend to lose the series. But the record for teams coming off of game sevens is horrible in the preceding series. It's awful. You don't have home court. Denver's been unbeatable at home. Miami has been very shaky at home. Miami also wasn't a good road team in the regular season. Um all of the things that Miami does well don't work against this specific player. The Nuggets have the best player in the world. Right now, they have the best player in the world. So the better team with the best player with home court against a fatigue team that's banged up. Nuggets in five. Man. Come on, Swiper. I can could, I could uh, see it in your eyes. Yeah, I mean, first I want to say, go, first I want to say, uh, Jimmy Butler's an incredible player. Bam Adebayo is an incredible player. Coach Bode, maybe been the best coach uh, in the NBA in the playoffs. Um, and I think that there's been very impressive what they did versus the Bucks and versus the Celtics. Uh, but again, if just looking at the basketball, Yeah, that's what I've been doing the last few days, trying to figure out the series. Um, yeah, I feel most comfortable saying Nuggets and five. And, uh. <laughs> yeah, I think that's – but, again, this is like – I want to see what the series – what happens in the series. But, again, if the Nuggets play their brand of basketball and if Jokic, Murray, MPJ, Gordon, KCP, Bruce Brown, and that six especially – with Jeff and with Christian, and they're able to do what they need to do, man. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's sweep potential, but I think Nuggets and Five feels about. I want to ask this question: um, yeah. How, if I told you that the Miami Heat won this series, are you shocked? I think that that's a legitimate question to ask here, given our confidence level in the Nuggets on this and Nuggets podcast. I will go ahead and say that I would not be just because I just saw Miami beat yeah. the odds. And if you just tell me like, yeah, no, Caleb just kept bombing. He just shot 50% yeah, but, from three. But Matt, I was shocked that they beat the Bucks. <laughs> I know. But like, I was so shocked that they beat the Celtics. You so, know? Or, so I'm asking you, so I'm asking you now, would you be shocked if they beat the Nuggets? I, I would be, I'd be pretty surprised. I mean, I, I, I like, like I said, there's just a lot of avenues I think for Denver. In this yeah. And the Nuggets would have to really fall apart in a lot of ways. And the Miami Heat would have to shoot 45% from three again, which um, is possible. Like, I mean, even, right. even yeah, that, that's all I, like, that's all I'm trying to say here is like, it, it isn't, it's to me, it's an interesting question. Like we're in agreement on all of the things. Like we're all, we're not, this would, is not a contentious pod. Yeah. Right? I would be shocked. I would be shocked. I think, right? I think there's a, a very fair 
statement that Denver was just ready for this moment and neither the Bucks nor the Celtics showed any sense of readiness whatsoever. Just never at any point during this season did you have any belief that the Bucks or the Celtics would actually be ready for this moment in the way that the Nuggets have shown in these playoffs. I think that every team has been mid in the regular season. Every team was mid, every single one. And there was only like two teams that had stretches during the regular season where you could see them actually like rising above that. One of those was Denver. And maybe one of those was Milwaukee too. But like, I, there were a lot of reasons to, I think, question what those teams actually were and, and why like those teams actually were, were favored in the first place. Well, we haven't talked about the bench, by the way, and I, I don't, maybe we don't have time now, but I do like Denver's bench has not been a drag on them for most of the playoffs. I mean, there was games three and four, I think, of the Sun Series, the only ones where they were a real drag. It could be the series. Like, they have talented players, and it could be that the series, that bench, like, struggles so much that it puts a strain on other parts of the, the series. So that's one avenue, I guess. But, again, I'd still be shocked. Same. Yeah, Jimmy Butler would also, too, I think, have to be playing near – Jokic's level, if not outplaying him, I think, for the, the Heat to win this series. And I think with the momentum that Jokic's kind of gathered right now, um, yeah, that would be that would be the it's most surprising. shocking thing. Yeah. 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 It feels like Denver's time. But Sick. I'm sure Heat fans are on their podcast saying, yeah. feels like Miami's time. And Boston Celtics fans definitely after game six were like, it feels like Boston's time. Were they? I don't know if that's true. Oh, I think so. I was listening to, to Locked, on, Locked on Celtics, yeah. your team every day. And uh, John Corrales was was like, I thought they were going to do it. I thought there's no way that they lose this game. The building was as hyped as I've ever seen it. It was the best atmosphere I've ever seen in a game in Boston. Then they played the first quarter. Yeah. I, I, Simmons had a different takeaway. You're right, though, that the uh, crowd, I think, was there and feeling it. I just, the Simmons had another takeaway that's like, get this team out of here, man. <laughs> well, I think that's a clean sweep across the board. So everybody says Nuggets and Five. Yeah. Gentlemen, sweep. Okay. All right. All right. Fab Five, y'all. Well, look, this has been another great edition of the Den Bingers Part Four. Into the NBA Finals. Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Heat, June 1st, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, A-B-C. Mike Breen, bang! Let's get it. I can't wait. <laughs>